Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. Welcome to Atlanta Baseball Talk, show number 334. Today's Sunday, May 22nd, and my name is Steve. I'm joined by both Hamilton and Curtis. And guys, in tonight's show, we'll check in on Dansby and Albies, discuss the latest shuffling of the starting rotation. But first, guys, the Freddy Gonzalez era in Atlanta is over. Oh, I, w- I was sure someone was going to go, woohoo, or cheer <laughs> or something. <laughs> woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> So um, earlier this week, after losing game one in Pittsburgh, the Braves fired Freddie Gonzalez after his 9-28 and start. So, guys, obviously a lot to talk about on this. And, Hammy, let's start with this. Did Freddie deserve to be fired? I think that Freddie did deserve to be fired, but not because of what is going on with the team right now. You know, by all accounts, this is, he is a well-respected clubhouse guy. He was, you know, spoken well of by other managers and other players. Um, so he's, you know, he has qualities of a good manager. He's well-respected. But in, on the other side, he's a horrible in-game manager. He has a negative war when it comes to in-game <laughs> managing decisions. And so, he, I mean, he just, you know, well-documented, well-discussed, head-scratching, lineup make changes or or you know uh pitching changes or roster changes just just makes no sense and so if if you want to compete for a championship you you can't have that as a manager so he's he deserves to be fired but not for this reason it was long ago that he deserved to be fired um yeah curtis you see it any any other way no not really um i mean you know we've talked about a lot of this already that um he should have been fired years ago. The eight and a half game collapse, um, whenever that season was, he's won one postseason game as the manager of the Braves game. Aside from any series, he's won one postseason game um, since they were 42 and 42 last year, which was a great start. And I think everybody or no one expected that they were going to be in that area. Um, but since then, they've gone 34 and 81. So. Yeah, I think it was time to go. And a lot of the talk was, of course, post uh, firing that, ah, well, he wasn't going to be our manager next year anyway. So we felt best. But then they also had language before that, oh, you know, we want to see if uh, we want to give Freddie all the opportunity and everything. But it was a lot of doublespeak from the front office that I know we're going to get to here shortly. The timing made no sense. The timing made, I mean, it made no sense. Well, the timing made no sense from the. He should have been fired two years ago. So there's that whole thing. Um, the the fact that they the, – the, yeah, I've been saying it for weeks. This was action for the sake of action. This was fan appeasement. I don't believe that the team would have had more wins, particularly uh, over this – over the um, – over the 37 game, you know, first 37 games of the season, if Snitker had started 
the season as as the skipper and if Freddie had been let go in the offseason. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world because Freddie needed to go and it makes none of sen- none of the sense in the world given this barely major league roster that they've put on the field, 50 million in live money out on the field. I mean, it's, you know, Freddie got screwed except that he was not a great manager. And so this should have happened a long time ago. You know, it's a, it's a really, it's really a bizarre situation. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of bizarre, Kurt, and, and you, you uh, sort of alluded to it, you know, so the PR campaign started following the firing and, and here's some, here's some quotes from John Hart. A bad start is not laid at the foot of Freddie Gonzalez. We all assume a lot of responsibility for how this club has gotten off to this kind of start. But with that being said, we certainly believe we're better than what we've played. So to your point, Kurt, doublespeak. I mean, like, it's not Freddie's fault, but they should have been better. So that's Freddie's fault, but it's not Freddie's fault. And then, and this is really weird, and gets back to the insane contract extension that he was given right at the All-Star break last year, where Hart said, if you know they're not going to be your go-to guy long-term, it's best to go ahead and make the move. So again, that makes sense on the surface, but why on earth you knew, come on, did any of the front office really believe last All-Star break that Freddie was going to be the manager come opening day 2017 in the, in the new ballpark? Other than Bobby, maybe. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I I can't imagine. No that one anyone, thought that, right? No, no, no. It almost seems now like a parting gift. To Freddie. Like yeah, you know. So, so that he has guaranteed money this year. Yeah, sure. Well, and, and, and Copy said as much. I mean, he positioned is like you know we owe it to him to get him out now, um, for whatever reason. But Copy had a quote saying that. You know, what, so that all his the other is not further stained. Yeah, by... that, that he doesn't. See, yeah, and and that you know we owe it to him if there's maybe other opportunities out there or I, I don't know. It just, um, but he said that. What pray tell other opportunities await? Well, and did, <laughs> I don't know if you saw his comments, uh, Freddie's comments, but he's basically like, yeah, I'd take any job at this point. I'd go back to being a third base coach, whatever it is. Somebody well, and, that, and that's what it'll be. I mean, Freddie will be a bench coach or a third base or first base coach next year. You know, he will be. I mean, the guy's a ton of major league experience. He was manager of the year with the with the Marlins, right? Yeah. I mean, he's not, you know. He's a good Freddy's, clubhouse guy. Yeah. He's not inept. Yeah. He's totally. too much like Bobby. Um, I mean, well, that was Bobby, he, but, the knock on Bobby. Good clubhouse guy, not a great in-game manager. And that ultimately right. cost him in one championship to show for it. I mean, a great yeah. manager. You know, Freddie has certainly fallen from that tree and not nearly as good as Bobby. But it's sort of the same model. Yeah, but Freddie will get a job. I have no doubt. So, so Copy did very little of the PR after Freddie was fired. It was all John Hart on the radio here in Atlanta, on the the television broadcast. So, Kurt, what do you think about the fact that Copy was not front and center? Well, having watched some press conferences and listened to some interviews, it makes pretty good sense why he would not be the point person. Um, He is not good TV or radio. Um, And frankly, he's not the best wordsmith that I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, It is a little odd that he is, of course, our general manager and that he is going to be overshadowed once again by a person who's not 
or two people. If it's Sureholtz, I know that John Hart was up there, but I don't know if Sureholtz was going to be put out to talk and discuss this situation at all. Um, it's strange. There's no doubt. And Ham and I, uh, a couple of weeks ago last week, I forget when it was, talked about uh, about ownership and if we believe that ownership was was the right uh, was was in it and committed for the long term and if we had faith in them i think the same question should be asked about the front office it seems sort of all over the place with this guys right now and um it kind of makes you uh a little nervous about who's running the ship yeah i mean ham do you feel any different about the front office today than you did before the freddie firing um well, first, one thing I would say, I think it's funny. I mean, it's gotten to the point with Coppolella not being a public speaker. Well, it's, it's well known. Like, it was referenced in a couple of articles this week. Like, John Hart was coming in, and, and sort of the, the, when they dissected the the, blung, the bungling of the travel email that Freddie got before he got the official news, all that nonsense. Oh, my God, so terrible. You know, but um, – but but it said you know well and they're waiting for Hart because we everybody knows that Coppolella is not good and in front of a crowd, and it's just but, but of, so so I sort so, of find that endearing. I don't know. And for some you find weird it endearing. Way. I I find it troubling, and I'll tell you why. Coppolella was was you know at the at the right hand of Hart once he came in. Right, Coppolella's been working with Sherholtz. I mean, he's been so. Actually, let me go back a little farther. Ren was at the right hand of Sherholtz for many years. Mm-hmm. They make him GM and he's the worst purple, but the worst person, you know, people, people person, person ever. Yeah. Right. They so then they give the job to Coppolella and surely they've heard Coppolella speak. I mean, surely he's been at some internal yeah, but, functions or like, but they like, figure they, they have so- that's part that's they say we have heart. He can be our mouthpiece, but we want Coppolella's brains and we'll make that trade off. We just he's going to you know, he's a great talent evaluator. Um, He's really, really sharp. He's not good in public. We'll just soften that and let Hart sort of take that part of it. But Hart's not going to be here for the long haul. So do they have to bring in another VP of operations to be the mouthpiece because copy can't go in front of the microphone? I don't know. Maybe they're working on, you know, continuing to work on copies presence to make that transition he's he's only gotten worse he's only gotten more defensive and i mean like copy is not yeah it's not good but i yeah, but, they need like a press secretary or something to, yeah exactly yeah yeah <laughs> but i mean back to your other question did it take a hit it did take a hit you know my appreciation for them certainly did in some way go down they just bungled it from the whole travel agent email again that whole nonsense to the fact that now that they actually fired him, it just makes it more acute for me how overdue it was, right? Which makes it, it just makes me even more frustrated. It crystallizes for me of like, why was Freddie even here this long? It really did nothing to keep him here this long. And we just, and, and it was, it felt arbitrary when we did it. It's, it just feels like I have weak. It feels like the front office is weak. Like Kurt said, that they're just scrambled. Um, who's in charge? I don't feel like they have a plan. So um, I don't love the front office coming out of this. And it made me feel more, feel worse for Freddie than I thought I would have through the whole situation. Yeah, there's this rudderless feel going on with the, you know, back to the Freddie's extension, the, the you know, the, the awkward miscues of like the, the team's going to be way better this year and then having to back away from that. The, the the half pregnant rebuild, not rebuild, you know, with the Marcakis signing, 
As even things like the Amelia Bono, Amelia Bonifacio thing, where yeah. they didn't even—it's like they screwed that up and didn't realize that he was not yeah. eligible to even be brought right. up to the major league team, so they had to play shorthanded. Yeah, it's a rule you've got to know. Yeah, it's it, it's it has been an awkward and and um, sort of embarrassing run for this front office uh, since the regular season started, anyway. Yeah. All right, guys, let's talk about life after Freddie. But first, a quick break. So, guys, actually, before we get to Snitker, well, I guess we've sort of answered this, but is there anything about it that you're not happy that Freddie's gone? I mean, like, with with all the how poorly it was done and the travel email and all that stuff, the organization's in a better place now without Freddie Gonzalez, don't you think? Unquestionably. 100%. Yeah. Okay. So what do you guys think, Hammy, we'll start with you about Snitker getting the um, getting the gig instead of Pendleton or Eddie Perez? Well, my, my immediate reaction was I was pissed. You know, for me, Terry Pendleton will always be one of my all time favorite Braves. He came in in the early 90s when we made that, you know, transition from worst to first and he was MVP one year and just I just loved Terry Pendleton he was such a crucial part of of that early Braves um, run of success and so I I always want good for him I want him to do well um, regardless of how he was as a coach you know I, I mean I always he will always have a special place in my heart but having said that you know thinking about it more I think Snitker is actually the perfect choice um, he is someone who knows the AAA team and now the major league team. So as we bring people up through the farm, um, he'll start to, you know, he'll provide continuity for those guys, right? It won't be a, a jump for them. He'll be able to, you know, sort of smooth the transition for Albies and for Swanson and for all the people coming up, um, the young pitchers. And I think yeah. that's good. And I think that's the I think that's the right move. And still having TP and Eddie there, but really having Brian Snicker be that guy is um, is ultimately the best move. Curtis, how about you? Um, I, I don't know that I was really all that fired up about either one of those guys not getting the job. Um, I guess the only one I would be interested in more. I, I have no interest in Eddie whatsoever. Eddie Perez being our manager whatsoever. I mean, I cannot imagine that he is anything different than Bobby Cox and Freddie. Um, because he's known no other way. Yeah. To me, Terry Pendleton, I feel like, has known other ways. He's been under other managers, um, some great managers um, in his career. Um, and I think he is also a fiery guy. I mean, we, he saw, we saw him almost get in a fight with Chris Johnson a couple of years ago, who was, that was a player so on great. his own team. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is a compelling character to me in that he would bring – in intensity and kind of his own um, spirit and, and energy to the team and something that some of these other guys would not. Even Snitker is a very, seems to be a very um, sort of calm and, and calculated guy. Um, but I, I'm not sure that any of these guys have any sort of future with the Braves. I wouldn't be, to- I wouldn't be surprised if they finally kind of completely cleanse themselves from the, uh, the Bobby the Cox. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Sherholtz is obviously getting farther and farther away from it, which makes Bobby Cox farther and farther away from it. And um, 
you know, I, I just think that at this point, it's almost like they're going to be interested to see with a new stadium, with this much younger team that's going to be involved with the, with the, with the big club the next couple of years. It's like, why not go and do something different? Although that one of the names that's really kind of bizarre that I keep seeing pop up is um, Mark De La Rosa, which is just bizarre. Mark De Rosa, yeah. De Rosa, yes, right. <laughs> of the Roses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mark De Rosa. Well, uh, he's more compelling than Bud Black. I mean, I, I don't think either of them make a ton of sense. You know, I get it with Snitger and the kids and that continuity ham, and I think it makes good sense. I just, I think if you're really, if you're really considering TP, aside from the fact that he's gonna he's gonna gain some incremental experience by being the bench coach, but if you really want to take a chance on an unproven commodity. Why don't you put him in there right now and see what you have in him? Yeah. As a manager, you know, Um, I, you know, I heard some some explanation about it of, yeah, they didn't want to put Eddie or TP in there with, you know, such an awful lineup so that they wouldn't get sort of associated with what will be a lot more losing this year. To me, that's BS. To me, Freddie's gone. It's the total acknowledgement of, you know, what an awful roster this is and that no winning's going to happen this year. So to me, they would be absolved of that even before they started. I think, again, if you were really considering TP, you put him in that job. But so forgetting TP and Eddie for a second, Kurt, do you think there's any scenario that plays out where Snitker actually retains the job and is the manager next year? Um, maybe if they win you know, 80 games <laughs> and yeah. he somehow pulls out <laughs> some miraculous turnaround. Otherwise I, I, I cannot imagine there's no way that they want to go into a new stadium and just kind of have no offense to Brian Snitker, a sort of no name or a guy that's associated with a sort of failed regime that was here before. I just, I, I cannot imagine that there, that is a scenario that will ever play out. Yeah. So, so the Braves are 12 and 31 after the Sunday loss against the Pirates. They'd have to go 69 and 50, so almost play 20 games over 500 the rest of the way to go to end the season at 500. There's part of me that wants it to happen so bad to just see what the front office would do and how they would get around not acknowledging the amazing turnaround and still not give him the job because they wouldn't. There is no way they're going to that new stadium with Brian Snitker as the manager. There's just no way. But God, it would be great if they sort of had to sweat it out. I'm really I, I just I have investment in it now because I'm kind of just ticked off at how this is all going. All right. So back to Eddie and TP Hammy on a scale of one to ten, the likelihood that either of them are the head coach next year. Maybe a one, just for some reason they can't find a, a marquee manager. But I think they 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 should and they can lure a high-profile manager to come here. I think we are an attractive prospect right now, right? We have solid young pitching. We've got good prospects. We're moving into a yeah, new stadium. Yeah, top three, top three farm team. Yeah, sure. and, and you know, and and, and they're actually demonstrating it on the field you know i mean you're starting to see what you have at least on the pitching side uh, a new stadium new interest from the fans uh i think if you know i think that's attractive to um a high profile manager hopefully it's not bud black right so i think and and, and you're gonna have to i mean i just don't see brian snicker being the long-term guy 
you're going to have to go through a transition at some point to bring in a real, you know, Hall of Fame manager um, type. And I think they need to just they need to do it sooner than later. So, Curtis, you said it's pretty unlikely. Put a number to it. Uh, I think it's. Can I do zero? You said one to ten. Yeah, I, you can do zero. I think it's zero. I don't. I don't see a chance of that happening. I think also that there is a lot of. The, I think some of the goodwill surrounding some of these old names is is kind of wearing off, and um, I think people are kind of tired of what the Braves have been putting forth. That the the verbiage that we're supposed to buy, and the product on the field, um, and so I just think that they're going to want something splashy to go into this new stadium. So I just I, I cannot see how it's possible that you know they bring think, either one of these guys. Can I can I make my early pick for who it is? Prediction. Yeah, yeah. Ron Washington. Ooh, Ham, that's pretty good. I mean, the cocaine abuse aside, you know. It's well, a I think sexy I think pick. he's gone through enough. Of, it's been a couple of years. It's been long enough. It's been, it's long, been enough long enough. That's sort of the you know. Um, if Michael Vick can play again, I think we can forgive <laughs> a lot of people. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I think it's a good profile. He's high profile. He's experienced. I think he's looking for an opportunity to redeem himself. I think the Braves could take a chance. I think it would resonate with the city. I think it would be a great pick. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, so, so I'm at a one as well because it's such an important hire. And after all these awkward moves and the, you know, the perceived bungling of things coupled with moving into the new stadium, you know, they have. They are going to play it safe. They're just going to. They want a name, and they want it to be an established guy. I just cannot see TP or Eddie next year. So, so Aunt Hammy, my early prediction is Mike Hargrove. Mm. I think Ron Washington's a better prediction, actually. Hmm. But, um, but I'm I'm going Hargrove. Let's let's remember this. All right, write it down. Okay. <laughs> Make a note. <laughs> Get one of our I'm, I'm not excited about that at all. No, Hargrove. no, I'm I'm not excited about Hargrove. Oh, either. because be of the, the Indians connection. Washington. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, guys, let's uh, let's go down to the farm and talk about some of the prospects in the system. So, Snitker's in place. The season's completely and totally in the tank. So I'll say it's almost a guarantee now that we see either Dansby or Albies or both. So let's see how they're doing in the past month since they moved up into the uh, into their two new respective uh, levels in the minors. So Ozzy in Gwinnett, his slash line in Gwinnett is 241, 284, 398, although his bat has heated up somewhat over the last 10 games. He's batting 306. Dansby's slash line in AA in Mississippi is 309, 398, 519. And he's batting 333 in his last 10 games. So, guys, Dansby played his 22nd game in Mississippi or for the double the A team on Sunday this week, which is the exact number of games that Albies played before moving to Gwinnett. I predict that Dansby's going to be in Gwinnett by the end of May. That's a little bonus shot in the dark. Oh. Yeah. Oh, by yeah. the end of May. Yes, in within eight days, Dansby's going to be in Gwinnett. Okay. Um, all right, so staying with the prospects, guys, right? So one of the guys that I allowed myself to believe was firmly in place in the rotation, Aaron Blair, not so much, is back in Gwinnett after his last two starts. So 
He gave up three earned runs in three and two thirds last week, followed by a complete implosion this week, one and a third, nine earned runs. Um, So his slot, which came up Sunday, today, was taken by Casey Kelly and his 263 ERA and his 1.12 whip. Um, I had to look him up. I'd forgotten. Kelly came over from the Padres in the Bethancourt trade. That's where we got Casey Kelly. Yeah, yeah. And he was a a first-round draft choice. He was 30th overall in the 08 draft. He was drafted by by your your precious Red Sox, Hammy. (laughs) Um, And he struggled with some control on Sunday. He gave up three, hit a couple of batters. Um, uh, Speaking of, uh, Snitker would not come out and say that he was going to get the start when when his spot came up next week. And Jenkins would be on regular day's rest when that spot comes up this coming week. So that'll be interesting to watch, see what happens there. Um, Aaron Blair made his first appearance in Gwinnett after being sent down Saturday. Yesterday, he went three innings, gave up one earned, and walked three. Um, So, guys, one last thing on the starting rotation and the guys from Gwinnett. So, Williams Perez, right, had that amazing... Eight inning shutout, one, I'm sorry, eight inning, one run, one hit masterpiece, and then got knocked around in his first start last week, but then came back on Saturday and pitched six and a third, no runs, one walk. So, how short of a leash for Perez? I mean, they're going to keep Perez around for a while if he's pitching well, but how many bad starts in a row and then they send him down, do you think, Ham? Um, a few, a few. I mean, I think that, um, he's get, you know, he finally got, uh, a couple of good starts. I think, you know, just like, like Fulte had a couple good starts in a row. You want to start to give these guys longer runs to see if they can sort of, you know, right themselves before they, you know, get sent back down. And so I think that we have nothing to lose. I think Perez has a potential to be a good, you know, number four long term, and so I think they they are they're obligated to give him a couple more starts than they, they might otherwise. It would have been interesting had he went in the tank again Saturday to see if they would have pitched him a third because I it kind of feels like two bad ones in a row could be his limit. Although the more starts he gets under his belt and the more good ones he has, the longer leash I would think he gets, and it'll also depend, of course, on how Jenkins starts to come along and what happens with Tukey and, and what happens with Blair if he starts to find it again. But the Williams-Perez thing is a, a pretty interesting, unforeseen wrinkle this year. Mm-hmm. Well, and I and if in his defense, I, that, that game against the Pirates, I don't – he – his line was much worse than his performance. Um, I mean, they gave up they, he he gave up three runs without a ball leaving the infield. Yeah, yeah. And it was Ibar not being able to move and and make plays that that uh, you know maybe better shortstops would have made. There was a couple of ground balls that should have been outs, and they ended up being hits, and they generated runs. So, I mean that to me that he didn't ha- he didn't pitch great that game, but he wasn't nearly as bad as that as that in that line would indicate, and he pitched. That game he pitched against the Phillies was amazing. I mean, he he looked as good as anybody that we've seen for them pitch. I mean, I, he was 
he was overpowering them at times. So I, I think that he's more than earned an extended stay at this point. I would think he would have to really kind of go in the tank for a few starts before they would send him, think about sending him down yeah. again. And and last quick thing, because we, we still haven't given him a, enough love, I don't think. Whistler just con- oh, continues to do it. God, I love Whistler. Whistler. I know, I love him. I said it last week. He's the next Medlin. I think we were going to love him like we loved Medlin. Will he be good longer? Uh, maybe, maybe. I hope so. I hope so too. Awesome. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Medlin was, you know, fits and starts and, and injury prone. So I certainly don't want that. But um, he's just so he's so great. God, I love Whistler. So great. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Next up is Shot in the Dark. But first, a quick break. All right, so guys, let's check in on how um, we did last week, starting with our listener. Bubba Croft, who predicted that Marcakis, Flowers, and Beckham would all hit their first homers of the season. And damn if it wasn't close, because Marcakis and Flowers both had home runs this week. Uh, So nice job, Bubba. You were very close on that one. All right, so guys, let's look back and see how we did. So last week, I predicted that Aaron Blair would get back on track and give up four or less earned runs across his two starts. Now, look, the fact that his first start where he gave up nine runs and was so bad that he got <laughs> sent down. I feel like I'm more disqualified than I was wrong. Okay. You know, well, yeah. you can include, you can include the Gwinnett start. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And you're still wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Curtis, you had Beckham batting over 320. Yeah. With, with three RBI. And he only batted 333 with exactly three RBI. Wow, so Curtis. Not, not so bad, Kurt. Not so and, bad. To add, just so we're going to talk about our high school baseball team every single week now. Yeah. Who he played for, won the state championship this week for the first time since 1975. Props to the Wildcats. Plug. (laughs) All right. Hammy, you had both Perez and Fulte struggling this week, going less than five and giving up four earned. So you were kind of right. Perez had two starts both six or longer, so not right there. He gave up six in the first one, but zero in the second. Uh, Fulte went three earned and gave up five, so you were right on there. But Curtis wins. Yes, nice. The month is tied at one and one for Curt and Ham. I've got none for me. So next, this coming week, these predictions right here could be for all the marbles, or I could be the spoiler and have a three-way tie. All right, so Curtis, what do you got for this coming week? My boy Chase Darno, who is tearing it up, yes, he is. over some three, chase over three twenty-five this week. Over three twenty-five. All right, Hammy, what do you got? In his two starts this week, Tehran will pitch fifteen and a third or more, and give up three runs or less. Okay, and Tehran also maybe not getting enough love for us. By the way, has just been stunningly good 1.15 era in his last six starts was that what it was i think i saw that number it is he's yeah he's just been and he's just he's pitching pissed yeah you know what i mean like in a good way yeah i mean he has a bunch of attitude on the mound it's just awesome he is with one win to show for it i know yeah well you know but and he's home he gets two home starts this week which i think certainly works in his favor yeah 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 Oh, and so All I also right, so, want to double down on my shot in the dark. Sorry. I also, and this will be a, a little segue to the next piece, but uh, I, I think the Braves will have their first winning week of the season this week. I'm All right. Down. All or nothing. Yeah, it is. 
You may get like one and a half credit for that, Hammy. We'll see how that plays out. I'm all right. I'm going to predict that O'Flaherty gets released this week. Yes, you heard it here. My source. I'm I'm doing that. I'm I'm doing that Indian from the old ad with the the tear, tear, the the pollution. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean it would be sad in that way, but God, O'Flaherty's just been awful, and he was awful. I guess Kimbrell was still around, but man, that bullpen was so great. Oh, it was. It really was just incredible. Mm. And man, did we ruin all this, guys. Yeah, Freddie, <laughs> Freddie, Freddie. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, so everyone, don't forget to get your uh, Shot in the Dark predictions sent in on Twitter before first pitch on Tuesday, no game on Monday, and we will pick one and discuss it on next week's show. So guys, let's talk about the week ahead and our predictions for the week. But first, we'll look back at the three and four week. Ham, you predicted it perfectly with your three and four. Curtis, you were close at four and three. And me, the pessimist, was way off at two and five. What's happened to you? Well, you know, this has been a tough, it's been a tough year, man. All right. It's hurt us all in different ways, Hammy. (laughs) Uh, So let's look at the upcoming week. We have uh, the pitching matchup, six games this week, back at home, three with Milwaukee. And three with Miami. Boy, is the stadium going to be filled up this week. <laughs> Tuesday night. <laughs> Woo! Get there Tuesday early. Tuesday night with the Brewers. Are you kidding me? All right. Uh, the household so, names that are the current. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, they'll get like, you know, 5% extra people who want to boo I'm, Ryan. Before Braun. you, so I didn't, I, I didn't look at this. Before you even say the starters, I'm going to predict that I don't know any of the Milwaukee starting pitchers. Okay. I think you'll I know predict, one of them. I predict you're going to know one of them as well. All right. All right, so first up, Tehran versus Jimmy Nelson and his 3.07 ERA. That was not him, Hammy. Nope. Okay, thanks. Uh, next up is Fulte, uh against Junior Guerra and his 3.96 ERA. He has a, he has a, a 1.04 whip, by the way. I'm also for, not him. I'm two, not him. I'm two for two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last game against the Brewers is um, to be determined, so we don't know who that's going to be. Um, oh, no. No, I just didn't write it down because the Casey Kelly's start comes up in Florida. So I don't know. Who'd I miss? Whistler. I bet it's Whistler. Yeah. Um, it's probably Whistler. So Whistler versus Willie Peralta. Did you know him, Hammy? No, I win. No. Oh, OK. Um, Should I? And his I don't watch a lot of baseball. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Hammy, you didn't need to tell the listeners. OK. <laughs> Just to make they sure. <laughs> you just don't watch uh, a lot of Brewers baseball. Yes, that's, that's what he meant to say. That's what I meant to say. That's what he meant to say. Sure. Red all right. So, all the <laughs> uh, then the Marlins come to town. We're facing them for the first time since we swept them. Yeah. 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 So it'll be uh, Williams Perez against Adam Conley in his four point one five. So next up, that saturday game will be casey's kelly i'm sorry casey kelly's turn in the rotation so we'll see who that will be that'll be against office yeah exactly uh we yin chen and his 422 era and then tehran ends up the week against tom kohler and his 471 so hammy what is your prediction i mean are you said winning week so you mean six you mean six and oh seven and (laughs) oh Across the six games, um, four, I have to I have to let balance you out, Steve, and your pessimism. Uh, four and two, two and one, two and one. All right, Curtis, 
I am going the same. Four and two. I was so close to being rewarded for my optimism this past week that I'm going to stick with them and say four and two. And it's amazing that every team in the NL East has a winning record. And I wonder if it's that's because they've gotten to play the Braves so many times <laughs> earlier in the season. It certainly doesn't Did hurt. You, I saw today that... Um, that uh, oh, my, what's his name? The slugger on uh, <laughs> on Miami Jim who changed Carlos his name. Stanton. Yeah, yeah, John Carlos Stanton. He's in a five for fifty slump right now. Nice. Yeah. Is it Mark De La Rosa? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zach. De La. We're actually gonna get the lead singer from. Um, oh God, I just forgot the name of the band. That would have been funny if I could remember. Tom Rage Morello. Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine. Yes. <laughs> he's gonna be. People our are man- like, he's gonna be our I'm manager. This show. Yeah, I know. Yes, sorry. <laughs> All right, so I'm going three and three. I think they go one and two and two and one. I'm keeping it real on the show Oof. for you two guys with your heads in the clouds. Thank you, Homer. Uh, All right, so guys, that is the show. Everyone, please remember that we are at our new home of Blog Talk Radio, as well as iTunes and Stitcher. And you can always find us at AtlantaBaseballTalk.com to access all of our shows, to check out our blogs, and to post in our comments section. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at ATL Baseball Talk and to like us on Facebook. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and go Braves! Thanks for listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. To find new shows, to post in our forum, or to send a comment, please visit us at atlantabaseballtalk.com. Had to admit the problem, it's a hard thing to admit. Had to get on the program, it ain't an easy road when you quit. Had to make peace with my enemies, accept the power greater than my... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.